In the shadowed corridors of power, a mystery unfolds. A mystery that stretches beyond the mere boundaries of Earth, reaching into the very cosmos itself. Here, in the heart of Washington, D.C., where secrets are whispered in darkened rooms, a hearing like any other convenes. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Three words that chill the spines of even the most skeptical among us. Witnesses have come forward. Two pilots and a senior intelligence official. Are they mere figments of our imagination or harbingers of truth too terrifying to comprehend? Prepare to enter a world where reality wavers and the ordinary turns extraordinary. For what you are about to hear may forever change the way you look at the sky. As we dive into the UAP hearings in Washington, D.C. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're all having a great week. Maybe caught Oppenheimer or Barbie or Boppenheimer or even Haunted Mansion. I got my Haunted Mansion spirit jersey on right now. But unless you've been living under a rock, by now you probably heard about the UAP hearings that happened on July 26th, 2023. And if you have, or if you haven't, stick around because we're going to crack this thing wide open like Tom DeLonge after his first alien abduction. Before we get into it, I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody that's followed the channel on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube over the last few weeks. I know I haven't posted in a little while. I had some things to handle, but the show will continue as scheduled this Wednesday. But go ahead, hit that like and subscribe, turn on notifications, or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Let's get into it. So the way we're going to break this down is we're going to break it into three parts. First, I'm going to tell you the history of the UAP task force. We're going to talk about the hearings and the witnesses at those hearings. And then we'll get into thoughts and conclusions of things that might happen based off of what happened in the hearings. So first, I'm going to go ahead and cover the history. The UAP task force was officially created in August 2020 by the U.S. Department of Defense. Its mission, according to the Department of Defense, is to detect, analyze, and catalog UAPs that could potentially pose a threat to the U.S. national security. Before the establishment of the UAP task force, the U.S. government conducted several programs to study unidentified aerial phenomenon. The most notable of these was the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP, which ran from 2007 to 2012. The program, which was not initially acknowledged by the U.S. government, was disclosed by the New York Times article in December of 2017. ATIP was funded largely at the request of former Senate Majority Leader Henry Reid. Its primary goal was to study foreign adversaries' aerospace weapon systems applications, but it also investigated reports of unexplained aerial phenomenon. ATIP was the successor to an earlier project known as Project Blue Book, which we covered in our first UAP episode, which was conducted by the United States Air Force from 1952 to 1969. Project Blue Book's purpose was to investigate UFO sightings and collect data related to them. It was concluded that most of these sightings could be easily explained as misidentification of natural phenomena. Still, a small percentage of the cases remain unexplained after all these investigations. In July of 2021, the Office of the Director of National Security released an unclassified report about the government's investigations into UAPs. The report acknowledged over 144 sightings of UAPs by government personnel between 2004 and 2021 that could not easily be explained, adding further fuel to the discussion and release of these topics. Now, that's kind of the historical breakdown of U.S. government's involvement with UAP, starting Project Blue Book, all the way up to the current UAP task force, which was created by Congress to get to the bottom of the information that we have after the New York Times article broke in 2017. Now, if you listened to or watched the other episode on UAPs, where I kind of laid the groundwork, that's why I did that episode that way, 
So is that as we go along with episodes like these, we're able to understand kind of a prefix of how the government has handled these in the past. Project Blue Book ran for 17 years, and in all that time, they either claimed that it was easily explained or they couldn't come to a reasoning for it. And we know we talked about how Project Blue Book has looked into the Hopkinville Goblins, as well as many other sightings. And then ATIP, of course, is the program that was headed by Bigelow Aerospace at Skinwalker Ranch is one of their locations. That right there is exactly why I started the channel. You have the episode we talked about, UAPs, and Project Blue Book is mentioned. You have the episode where we talk about Skinwalker Ranch, and ATIP comes up. Kind of makes you feel like everything's tied together. All right, so now let's actually get into the hearings themselves. The hearings took place last Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. The subcommittee heard mystifying testimonies of unexplained object sightings and government possession of non-human biologics. Now, this was a bipartisan topic where it seemed like everybody on the committee was in lock and step with each other. They all agree it's a national security threat. Some even accuse the federal government of endeavoring to hold key UFO information from the public, even though they didn't provide evidence to support those claims. Now, the committee was actually pretty angry with the Pentagon because before the hearing, they were supposed to have a classified brief with the witnesses so that in the unclassified session, they would be able to understand what they were talking about without disclosing it to the public at the time. Let's kind of talk about the process of declassification. So in the hearing, many times both sides said that the obvious reason for not disclosing this information was the means and how it was captured from sensors or collection. What that means is the DOD and the IC community will look at the information and find a way to disclose it to the public without revealing those means, which brings up the whole reason for the hearing. So there were three witnesses involved in the hearing. You had David Gorish, Lieutenant Commander David Fravor, and Ryan Graves, the key witness in this hearing being David Gorish, who is a former Air Force intelligence officer, as well as working for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, or NGA, who was detailed to the National Reconnaissance Officer, NRO, as part of the UAP task force. While a part of the UAP task force, Gorish found two sub-programs, which he tried to gain access to. Now, David Gorish does hold the highest clearance you can hold in the United States government, which is a TSSCI. However, even with a clearance, that does not grant you information into every program that's being conducted. Gorish tried to gain access to these programs to find the information that they had, which he was assigned to do by the UAP task force. When first trying to gain access, he was told that he did not have the proper read-on. So he went back up his chain of command and was trying to be granted the read-on for this information, but was unsuccessful. David Gorsh has been a part of the IC community for over 14 years. He knew two senior intelligence officials that were working on those programs. Both of them came forward and in confidentiality told David what the programs were about. The first program being the retrieval of UAPs and the reverse engineering of them. The second, Mr. Gorsh was told, was for the retrieval of non-human biologics. Now, they use the term biologic because they're trying to keep it broad, and as more information is disclosed, they can narrow it down to exactly what that means but it's pretty easy to see they were referencing non-human bodies. Now, it says here that Robert Garcia was quoted saying, the sheer number of reports and whistleblowers and stories of unidentified aerial phenomenon should raise the real question and warrant investigation and oversight, and that's why we're here today. Also saying, UAPs, whatever they may be, may pose a serious threat to our military or civilian aircrafts, and they must be understood. So the second witness was Lieutenant Commander David Fravor, who I also talked about in my UAP episode. Lieutenant Commander David Fravor was involved with the Tic Tac incident with the Nimitz Strike Carrier Group in 2004 off the coast of San Diego, which he once again reiterated to the subcommittee that in all of his years of aviation, he had never seen anything move or act like the Tic Tac, also telling them that there are many pilots that have the same kind of stories with unidentified aerial phenomenon. 
The third witness being a new addition, Ryan Graves, who is also a formal naval aviator, an F-18 pilot himself. He also told his encounter of UAPs, which took place in 2014. Graves being stationed at Virginia Beach at the time, was on a training mission where himself and another pilot encountered what they describe as a black cube 5 to 15 feet in diameter in a clear sphere, as it whizzed right between both the planes, almost knocking them out of the sky. They tried to give a report on what they had seen, but, but there wasn't a proper way for them to do so. Graves was also told by many other pilots that he worked with that they had encountered the same type of incident. That's why Ryan Graves now heads Americans for Safe Airspace. His main concern being that these pose a threat for military aviators as well as civilian aviators, restricting access to our airspace. One of Graves' real missions is to make reporting easier for aviators without the stigma or concern of losing their job or being seen as unfit to fly. So now let's break down some reasons why the government might be withholding this information and the reactions it may cause. So public reaction. Some people actually might be pretty interested. People that have been trying to find this information for years. Some people that have already come forward with disclosures, such as Bob Lazar or others that have been ridiculed for this. Some notable names that have actually been pushing for this for years who were actually in attendance at the hearing, such as George Knapp, Jeremy Corvell, and Tom DeLong's name was even dropped. And if you weren't aware, Tom DeLong actually working with many others are the reason why the information was disclosed in 2017. Some people might be scared by the fact something might be coming here from beyond the skies, or people might be skeptical. I've already heard it as I've talked to others about this incident. People are saying that it's a government conspiracy to divert us from something else that might be happening. Though that could be true, I don't believe that. I believe that we actually have some of these things in our possession. I think for some people too, it might mess up their worldview. I mean, there's people out there that believe God is a bearded man with Birkenstocks on in the clouds, and the revelation of extraterrestrials may break their faith. They'll be the people that think that that points to truth in the Bible by being what they describe as angels. It would reinforce the ancient alien theory. The next might be the scientific inquiry into it. If the U.S. government was to provide concrete evidence of UFOs, it would spark a huge race to understand these and backwards engineer them, pushing technologies and medical science further. From an international relations standpoint, if our partner nations found out that we've been keeping this information, it would probably create tension. I don't necessarily believe that because I don't think that the U.S. are the only ones that they've encountered. On the same token, it could actually push nations together to work on this topic. Just like the movie Independence Day, but Will Smith's not in the right headspace to help us out right now. And I think most importantly, if this information was disclosed all at once and not handled properly by the U.S. government, it would, it would lead to fallout for them. This wouldn't just be concrete proof that aliens existed. This would be concrete proof that the U.S. government has lied to the public for nearly 80 years on the topic and ruined countless careers and lives of those that have tried to come forward. And lastly, the security concerns. The U.S. government would have to openly admit to the U.S. people that we are dealing with something we do not know how to handle. I think it would make things like conflicts in the Ukraine and other potential tensions between nations that are about to lead to war to become extremely irrelevant. I'm just excited to live in a time where we pretty much, pretty much the question of them existing is gone now. There's no more if they exist or I think they exist. There's some pretty concrete evidence that has been brought forward to this point. Are they coming here to understand us? Are they coming here to stop us from destroying ourselves? There's a big theory that the nuclear explosion is actually what brought them here. However, another thing that David Gorsh testified was there, there's actually information dating all the way back to the 1930s of UFOs and UAPs. That predates Roswell by 17 years. Roswell happened between July 5th and 7th of 1947, just a few months before the creation of the United States Air Force. In just five years of the United States Air Force existing, they're already looking into UFOs. Kind of a weird coincidence. But whether you believe they exist or they don't, I would just urge you 
to continue to pay attention to these as they unfold, because I think the way that the United States government discloses this and handles this going forward will really be important and play out into the future of our country and how we interpret the thoughts of extraterrestrial life and space travel. I want to go ahead and thank you all for tuning in to this episode. And if you're looking to support the channel, go ahead and like and subscribe, turn on notifications, and leave a review on all the podcasting platforms. Until next time, I'm Cliff Shanholter, and this has been Here With Us.